0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTmobile.com.
1: right, welcome into the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. On this Thursday evening, downtown Minneapolis, WCCO Studios, Henry Lake and Christopher Tubbs with you guys until 9 p.m. Full show, couple of guests that we'll get to here in just a bit. Happy that uh, you are listening here to the good neighbor. Of all the things that I want to start the show with tonight, um, it's one of my favorite things to do: is talk Timberwolves basketball. Timberwolves season started last night. Oklahoma City Thunder. That was the opponent. They won the home opener and season opener against the Thunder, 115-108. to But I want to caution Timberwolves fans about a few things, or at least how they should view the beginning of the season. I'm trying to advise you guys on how you should approach it. I feel like I am trapped in, And when I say I, I'm talking about as a Timberwolves fan, take the media part out of it, and I'm talking to other Timberwolves fans. I feel like I'm trapped in a reality TV show. You know, when you're watching those reality TV shows, you think about what you anticipate is going to play out, but you're not really quite sure. There are twists, there are turns, there are things that just happen and you're like, what's going on here? Is this real life? And it's actually not real life because we know that reality TV shows um, very much fake. This is real life, though. Like, th- these games are real. These athletes that are highly compensated are going out there and they're trying to win the game. Thank you, Herman Woods. But I don't think that things will go super smoothly for the Timberwolves as they start this season. Do I think that we will rack up wins with the schedule that we have? Absolutely. The expectations are there for the Wolves to be good, and the expectations should be there because they should be good. A good roster, a soft schedule by all accounts, and we should get off to a fast start but I don't think that it's going to be easy as evidenced by what we saw last night. The Minnesota Timberwolves, they are a website that's under construction. There's still a work in progress. You just don't throw Rudy Gobert on the team and think that all of the pieces are just going to just work Seamlessly. That's not how professional sports is. Yes, we've seen it happen before. We saw that Tom Brady went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they just ended up, oh, funny, winning the Super Bowl. But we've seen in basketball and in other sports where you throw a couple of really good players on the team or you make a big time trade and it ultimately doesn't work out. Remember when the Detroit Pistons won in five games over the L.A. Lakers in the finals? And they should have gotten swept. Actually, Detroit should have swept them that series. Remember when Mr. Big Shot was the MVP of the finals, Chauncey Billups? That was... It was a no contest. It wasn't even close. And they had Kobe and Shaq. Y'all remember that? And remember because they had Gary Payton, I think, was on that squad... Carl Malone was on that squad. I mean, there, there were that was supposed to be the stacked team that everybody was going to fear. Well, heck, remember when we or when they threw LeBron and D-Wade and all those guys together? They didn't immediately just win. They took an L. So it takes time. If you are a Timberwolves fan, am I saying expect losses? No. I don't expect losses. I don't expect a slow start. But I do expect a slow start in terms of it looking good. Cause let's be honest, y'all. Let's be honest. It was 115, 108. That was brutal to watch. I was there last night. I'll be I'll you guys know that during the week I'm there. I'm in the building. I'm in the house. And I'll be on three to six tomorrow. That was, that was rough. Rudy Gobert loved him. He was balling. D'Lo, I thought, did a great job of being a conductor. Knocking down shots, but finding his teammates, I thought that he played well at the point guard position. Jay McDaniels, I've been telling y'all the last couple years, I mean, Jaden's my guy. Torian Prince looked great coming in off the bench. Jalen Noel is going to have a nice season. But Cat wasn't in his bag. Ant did not look good. And look, am I saying that Ant's not going to have a great season? I think Ant's going to be remarkable this year. I think that Anthony Edwards is going to be borderline an all-star. It was a rough game one. It was a rough game one for Cat. They'll figure it out. They're too good of players. But my point is is that you just, it'll take a little bit of time to gel. That thing looked weird. Early, it was sloppy. Both teams. And it's all about victories. That's what matters. Hell, the Vikings are 5-1. They haven't looked great outside of the Green Bay game. But it doesn't. They're getting Ws. That's what matters. Five and one into the bye week. The Wolves need to go out there, and they need to beat up on Utah tomorrow night. They need to beat up on OKC in OKC, San Antonio in the back-to-back Monday, Wednesday next week. And then they play the big, bad L.A. Lakers. And I say big, bad, more so in name only. Yeah, it's LeBron, it's A.D., and they're— A little bit better squad this year than last year. But it's all, you know, up to AD. Is AD going to be healthy? AD might miss next weekend's game, for all we know. He might be hurt by that time. But you guys get the point that I'm making. It's going to take a little bit of time. But that that was a rough watch last night. Now, in the end, you win, and we all feel good about it. But what did you guys make of the Wolves last night? Do you believe in Rudy already? Yeah, 23 and 16. Do you have any thoughts about Cat? What did you think of Jaden McDaniels? I mean, there were some surprising things about last night, too. Nas Reed didn't see the floor. <laughs> Yikes. He's in a contract year. 651, 461, two, two, six. I believe in the Wolves. Most importantly, I believe in head coach Chris Finch. It's going to take some time. I think that we're all going to have to exercise a little bit of patience. But your thoughts, your opinions, we take them next year on The Lake Show. All right, 651-461-9226. The Lake Show right now. We're talking Wolves. We'll get out of Wolves here in a little bit. But if you have an opinion about what you saw last night, maybe you were impressed. Maybe you were mm, like expecting a little bit more. Um 651 461 9226 Chris, sounds like you were actually impressed?
2: I was in the sense that sometimes when you're not gonna be at your best, you just need to have that talent rise to the top. And that's what I felt like that's what happened last night with Rudy Gobert. It was just the natural talent of Rudy Gobert. Showed up, and he was probably the most consistent player that the Wolves had last night. The fact that this isn't going to be like NBA 2K—you're not just going to be able to put everybody out there and it's going to work. The fact that they won and they had to f- battle some adversity and it did look clunky and they won—I'm actually okay with that. Like I—I
1: okay. I mean, I'm okay with winning.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm—I'm I'm not upset. I'm not disappointed. We, I'm not
1: either. We, I think we That won. wasn't impressive, though.
2: No, it wasn't impressive. But I'm impressed from the standpoint that even when they looked out of sync at times, and I think didn't Oklahoma City, didn't they go on like a 14 nothing run? I mean, it was ridiculous in the third quarter when the Wolves ended up blowing that lead, and I think they were down by as many as six in the third quarter. I just felt like at the end of the day – it wasn't a clean game. Your very first outing, you didn't blow it. You were able to come back and beat them by seven. I wasn't too disappointed because, I mean, we wanted it.
1: It's – this is not – It was Oklahoma happen. City. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, no, th- that has to be factored into the equation. Like, they're not good. They're, they're not good. They're not good. And, it, and we shot 41%. They shot 38. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just – that's not fun to watch at no, all.
2: No, it's not. But you're, like you said, they're trying to get comfortable with this new offense and having all of these new pieces together. It's going to take time. And sometimes it's not going to be aesthetically pleasing. But the fact that they won because of, they're going to be nights, Henry, even during, you know, in January, February, down the stretch, whatever, that when Ant's off or cats off or Rudy's off, You've got enough talent on this team that that natural talent should elevate you to wins, even when you're not playing cohesively.
1: I agree. But there's a difference between winning ugly in the National Football League and winning ugly in the NBA. There's a difference. Like, you know that the NFL, it's a violent sport. It's getting down in the mud, and you got to get dirty. Mm-hmm. When you look at an NBA basketball game, and it's that disjointed, like we saw last night, there's a different feeling, even when you win. When when you put it like this, there have been weeks this year where the Vikings won, and we're like. You know what? It's better than a loss, and it feels like we didn't play that well, but we still got, you know, we ate the W. Yeah. Thank you, Jameis. We won last night. I think fans, the way they were acting in the fourth quarter was like, we lost.
2: I I think people need to temper their expectations, like you were talking about, though, in that first segment. It's because that. you got Rudy Gobert. All of a sudden, everything's going to be, Can't you know, that. sunshine and butterflies and kittens and let's go. You know, let's let's bury. Oklahoma Why?
1: The city. Why should fans temper their expectations? Why? That makes no sense. I,
2: I think you. Ha- I mean, Henry, that makes no sense. But you need to temper them in the beginning of the year. You Why? Know, because you know this team is still getting acclimated to each other.
1: I get that, but we, no other team. No, that doesn't happen in NBA. When KD goes to the Nets. You expect to win. When Kyrie goes to the Nets, you expect to win. When yeah. LeBron goes to LA, you expect to win. Like, we're no different. Rudy's here. Let's go. It's the, in the NBA. But they when, won. When, a, when a star, when a star, exactly. Yeah. When, when a star goes to a different team, it's go time. Yeah. That's my point though. They won, but you said temper expectations. No, there's no tempering expectations. It's go time. I think
2: temper expectations in terms of having it look like it's going to be, you know, you're going to be, you know, the Showtime Lakers in the mid Oh, I
1: don't think anybody's saying
2: that. I, I mean, I didn't know what to expect last night.
1: No, th- no, no, no one, I don't, I don't think that any Timberwolves fan has said, we expect the Wolves to look like Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, well, and LeBron he's... James. No one said that.
2: But you, you've got this big three with three all-NBA players. Instantly, it's like you can have these complementary pieces. As long as those big three, when they're clicking, this team's going to be as good as anybody in the NBA. Who's
1: the three All-NBA players?
2: Huh? Oh, Gobert, Cat. I'm ceiling-wise.
1: Oh, Okay. I was like, like, did I miss something? No, (laughs) Cat, Gobert, and Ant.
2: But you've you've got those three. finally got your big three. And I think the expectation where I'm saying just temper it is in the beginning when they do struggle because there are going to be times when you're going to struggle, you know, as they would say, putting the biscuit in the basket, right? There are going to be times where you're going to struggle on defense. You know, things are going to happen. It's not going to be smooth. It's going to be clunky. But the very fact that, you know, you said, well, the Vikings, you know, we don't think, well, maybe they're not the best team, but they, you know, they're winning ugly. Hell, the Wolves won ugly last night. As long as they win,
1: yeah, no, and, it's and, about wins. And, yeah,
2: and things are going to get better. It's about like,
1: wins. And and I'm not trying to be overly judgmental after one game. But I think that there is a distinct difference between the NBA, and specifically the Western Conference, yeah. and the NFL. Right now in the NFL, we think that there are three really good teams and everybody else is in the same boat. Yeah. Like there's a million teams that are 3 and 3. Mm-hmm. A million of them. Right? Half the league is like 3 and 3. Yes. In the NBA, we look at the West and everybody's like, "Man, it's going to be a dogfight. It is going to be – I mean, it's, everybody's going to – be. It's, there's so many good teams. Oh,
2: the, there are. And the, all you need to do is just rack up those wins, work out the kinks when the schedule is favorable, and when you get to when things are harder, you're going to be playing a little bit better. That's all you want. I mean, you, you can afford to have it look sloppy and disjointed against the Thunder. You can afford to have it look sloppy and disjointed against the Jazz, against the Spurs. This is where you can go through all of those things and have it look ugly and just win. I mean, the the Pelicans with Zion last night, talk about the Nets. I mean, they blew out the Nets in Brooklyn at Barclay. I mean, Zion came back, looked great his first game back in, what, two years? They're
1: going to be better than I think people think. Yeah, I mean... Zion's in shape. He's not overweight anymore.
2: Yeah, so there are going to be a lot of nights early where I think fans are going to get a little, you know, they're going to get a little, you know, puckered up in the behind because the team might not play that well. As long as you come out and win and they're better in a week and they're better in two weeks and a month, I'm, I'm okay with that. They'll... They'll get to clicking, and when they're clicking, you know, that target center is going to be rocking.
1: 651 six, two, two, six. Coming up next, I want to get into, uh, well, we have a weather report from Paul, meteorologist Paul Douglas, but I wanted to get into a story that involves Tom Brady. Uh, he apologized uh, for a military reference that he made, um, an analogy, and I actually want to hear from a few people out there that have served our country those that have thoughts about uh, those veterans out there that um, that have heard maybe about this Tom Brady situation, I'll lay out the situation and take your phone calls. We'll do that next on The Lake Show. Tom Brady has apologized for comments that he made on a podcast. Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady Um gave a comparison of going through an NFL season to military deployment on his Let's Go podcast with Larry Fitzgerald and Jim Gray earlier this week. So let me read to you the uh, the quote here. I almost look at like a football season, like you're going away on deployment in the military. And it's like, man, here I go again, Brady said. There's only one way to do it. The reality is you can really only be authentic to yourself, right? Whenever you may say, oh, man, I want to, you know, make sure I spend a little more time doing this, when it comes down to it, your competitiveness takes over. And as much as you want to have this playful balance with the work balance, you're going to end up doing exactly what you've always done, which is why you are who you are. You're going to go, how the Expletive, do I get it done? You know, what do I got to do to get it done? Well, he received some backlash for the comparison, and Brady opened his Thursday media availability by apologizing, calling the metaphor, quote, a very poor choice of words. He said, Earlier this week, I made a statement about playing football in the military, and it was a very Poor choice of words. I just want to express that to any sentiments out there that people may have taken it in a certain way. So I apologize. I want to open this up to those that serve, have served, or just in general. It's not that you don't have a comment on this, but I am intrigued by how people are taking this. At 651 Nine two two six. Anybody out there that looks at Tom Brady and they're upset with him based off of that comparison that he made? I, I'm 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 curious. And, and the reason why, first off, I'm glad that Tom Brady apologized because clearly some people were offended by it. Okay, and I'm glad that he apologized. But the reason why I bring it up is. It seems like it's hard to get away from these analogies. It is. We can sit here and we can say what we want. It's hard for us to get away from them. Kevin Garnett did this years ago in the postseason with the Denver Nuggets. Remember, he's talking about, "I got the, uh I'm loading up the pump. I got the rocket uh, launch- launcher. I got the grenades, and I'm ready for war." Yeah. Remember, remember when he said that? Like, and and did I think that he was trying to insult? people that have served, and he was trying to truly define that series as a war? No. Do I think that Tom Brady is actually comparing, I know he's using the analogy, but do I think that he's trying to um, downplay military service? No. no. Now, 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 do I think that he should have apologized? Clearly, because there were some people offended by it. And you should when people are offended by it, you, you should step up and say, you know what, my bad. That's not my intention. I don't think that anybody out there, quite truthfully, can say that he intended to offend military members. That's just we know that that's not true. But are there any military members or veterans out there that are offended by, by this? Because, look, we get into these analogies and we talk about these cliches and all mm-hmm. of that stuff, whatever it in. And, and it's so ingrained. Yeah, this like, is like, all, I, this is I, all they know. I, this is I'm not talking about just them. I'm talking about all of us. Yeah. I said something in the opening segment that that probably were like nobody really even thought about. And I said that when you look at the west, it's going to be a dog fight. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, seriously. Well, we we are we are a society of clichés and metaphorical statements. And I I just think we're in such a society right now that any metaphorical statement that is made there's always one facet of it that somebody could find offensive and it's it's not that you do it intentionally like you said we are so ingrained to throw out these we're just wired that way that's and and it's been okay for the longest time and i we are in a position where it's say it now and apologize later it's almost like we don't – the athletes are – I guess a lot of us, I'm not even just going to say athletes.
1: Well, we're not going to apologize before. <laughs> no, because you don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. I'm
2: sorry for offending people what I'm going to say, but yeah. da 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 Yeah. Yeah, it's just – I understand the comparison that he was trying to make. Like when when you look at it and the way that he laid it out, I understand the gist of it. Yeah even though maybe it was worded poorly and and he acknowledged it so you appreciate it but yeah it it does seem like everything now any cliche that you say can be some sort of offensive to somebody and it doesn't mean that you're overly sensitive about it it's just that like you said we're so used to doing
1: it no but there, but there's a difference between saying something offensive I mean people we there are a lot of people that say things offensive all the time and get criticized for good reason. And I'm not saying that 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 Tom Brady is above mm-hmm. criticism, but but this was a mis- this was an accidental. This is like a mistake on his part. Like like he, there was no intention. It wasn't
2: intention. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah this, this is the, yeah. I mean we we all make mistakes. I get that. And we we move on and we, and he apologized for that. But do, do we think that Tom Brady, of all people, was trying to offend military members of the United States of America? No,
2: I don't. think no, no. you know, Tom Brady has he has gone he, his entire career has been trying to be Switzerland. Like you're you're down the middle. You've got your TB twelve trying to be what. He's trying to be Switzerland. He's trying to be neutral. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I just offend people from Switzerland? I had
1: forgetting? never heard that before. Really? No, I had when, never heard when that. When you're
2: Switzerland, you're trying to be as neutral as you can. You you don't want to you don't want to pick a side. Now, you based on his associations, people can make their own assumptions about, you know, what kind of individual he is. But when he speaks, he's very careful with his words. He's very calculated with his words because that's just who he's been. And I don't know, do you feel like he would have said something like this if he was in New England? Like, Of course. Okay. Cause, cause
1: yeah, it has something about where he's at.
2: Okay, I guess the reason that I ask is that everything seemed to be lock and key there. Like Bill Belichick controls every little facet of it. But I feel like now he's got a little bit more... Leeway with his podcast.
1: Yeah, I don't think that has anything to do with it.
2: Okay, I I was just I was just curious. I just popped into my mind
1: because even even when he was in New England, he was doing the Monday Night hits on on, WEI. Yeah. On no, no, no. I'm talking about on the 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 Monday Night hits on Westwood One with Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald. They were were both doing that even in their you know when they were when when he was in New England and, and Larry Fitzgerald was still playing football in Arizona.
2: Okay, I I guess I was just thinking about the stuff that he did on, on EEI. I mean, I give him credit for coming out and, like, doing it right away.
1: And, and he owned it, yeah, for sure. Yeah,
2: he owned it. And now I just hope that people can, just like everything, if, if you feel got him like... him a little
1: slack now. Got him a little slack. <laughs> and
2: if you feel like the individual's genuine, and, I mean, I got to be honest, I don't know how genuine Tom Brady is, because he's so manufactured at this point, he's he's robotic at this point as Tom Brady. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's not going to be the last time we're going to hear something like this.
1: Yep. All right, coming up next, let's talk some Minnesota Viking football. Um, Chris is posing the question, which parts of the Vikings' early season success are sustainable and which aren't? We'll get to that next here on The Lake Show. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show, News Talk 830-WCCO. Let's talk some Minnesota Vikings. Top of the hour, we have uh, a special guest that will join us. We'll talk some Timberwolves basketball with Chris Hine from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. He covers the, uh, the Wolves. He's their beat reporter. All right, uh, let's get into the Vikings because Chris came across an article in the Strib um, where he wants to kind of pose some questions with regards to which parts of the 5-1 and Viking start is sustainable.
2: Yeah. And, you know, as I was kind of, you know, perusing the interweb today, you know, of course, you know, whenever I see something written by Michael Rand, I've, I've got to take a look at it because, I mean, he does fantastic work. And he had this article and it said which parts of the five and one Viking success are sustainable mm-hmm. and which aren't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Matthew Collar from Purple Insider, who you're going to talk to later on tonight as well, has also kind of posed. This question. So, I figure if we've seen it in print a couple of different times, why don't I bring it to you okay. a, and get your thoughts on it? So, we can call it Smoking. So, wait, beers. who
1: stole from who? Was it Matthew Collar stole from Ramball or did Ramball steal from Matthew Collar?
2: They were a little <laughs> bit different. I'm stealing from both of
1: them. I'm not, I got
2: you. I'm stealing from both of them. Uh, let's go ahead and um, just the. I'm going to go to the end of the game, right? Because. The Vikings have been winning and, you know, if you look at it, last year at this time they were 3-3. Three and three. They were losing a lot of these close games. Are they going to be able to continue to win these close games the way that they have so far?
1: Well, hold on. What, what, what are you asking is sustainable? Is it sustainable the end of the game confidence or what would— what, what? The, the outcomes. The outcomes. Oh, you're asking me about outcomes. Yeah, I'm asking you about the outcomes. Um, is that sustainable, winning close games?
2: Yes, with this team. Can they continue to win close games? I, I mean, that's kind of a hard
1: one that, to, to answer. I, I mean, I would say yes, that could be sustainable because mm-hmm. the quarterback play has been decent enough. Your special teams has been decent enough. So I, I would say, yeah, I think that that could be sustainable.
2: How about... I'm just going to go down to the bottom here because it's like we were talking about with the Timberwolves, just continuing to get better. I mean, is a game one against Green Bay was probably their best game that you had said that they played all year, and, and I have a tendency to agree. Do you, has this team, do you feel like they've gotten better over the last six weeks? Are they a better team now? Than they were, than they you know beat up on Green Bay, even though that game against Green Bay was maybe the best one that they played.
1: I think that it's that they're about the same as they've been. Okay, like like like, if you're saying are they, you're asking me are they a better team right now than at the beginning of the year? Yes, I say they're the same.
2: Okay, because I mean, just like the Wolves are trying to figure it out on the fly, and they're Mm -hmm. trying to you know figure out how you're going to put all these pieces together. It's kind of the same thing with the Vikings, right? Because I mean, Kirk Cousins, we've got this offense that should be putting up these massive points. And the offense to me has been a little bit of a a disappointment so far. And I don't know if that's just because we haven't seen the long pass plays or we haven't seen that. We haven't seen like that big explosive.
1: Just like, I think the better question is, can this team overall be better? And I would say yes. I think that's the question. Like, because either either they're either they can be better or this is the best that they are. This is the plateau of what they are. I think that they're. I don't think they're hitting their stride. I think they're, there's another level this Vikings team can get to.
2: Yeah, I I, I agree because I I don't feel like at this point we've seen what they can be because we hear we've heard all the time from especially you know Kevin O'Connell that they're just, we're missing plays. We're not quite where we need to be. And I I really believe that, like you said, that there's another level to this team offensively. How about defensively? I mean, I I know we're in this kind of, we see the bend but don't break, and I, I see that that's the terminology that Michael Rand has used, but we hear that all the time, like the prevent defense. Can you continue to play that bend-but-don't-break defense and continue to be successful with it. Because I don't think the offenses that they played right now have been good enough to, when that defense is kind of on their heels, they've been able to dig in for that one stop. I feel like when you get into some of these tougher teams, like Buffalo, you can't play that kind of defense. Because if you do, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are just going to bust right through you.
1: Uh, To answer your question, I would say yes, I think that they can. They play Arizona, who's garbage. They play Washington, who's Mm -hmm. garbage. Then they play Buffalo, Dallas. I I get those teams are better, but there's some awful teams that they have on the schedule. Mm -hmm. And after the break, they play Arizona, who's playing tonight, and Washington. Like, you should be 7-1.
2: Arizona, I still can't figure out with Arizona.
1: Well, they're going to be better because they're going to have DeAndre Hopkins back.
2: They they are. Uh, and I think losing Marquise Brown, I mean, this really worked out best case scenario for Arizona. You lose Marquise yeah, Brown. Yeah, I'm about to
1: say they're, they're not worse off. They're actually better off with DeAndre Hopkins DeAndre than Marquise. Brown. Yeah.
2: And I just, I can't figure out, kind of like Denver, why this Arizona team has not clicked because you look at everything that they've got and you're like, why are you not better? I, I feel like... Well,
1: I don't think that Cliff's a good coach. You don't think that... No.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, wasn't he boys with uh, Sean McVay? And that was one of the... And he put, like, Sean McVay on his resume as, like, a reference, and people were joking oh, about Oh, I that. don't know. I and mean, that was one of the reasons why people were like, well, he got the job because, you know, he mentioned Sean McVay because Sean McVay's the, the boy wonder, apparently.
1: Well, I'm just, well, but, I mean, no, I think more than anything he got the job because of Patrick Mahomes having success. Yeah. You know, he used to be a Texas Tech, and then all the other guys that were at Texas Tech having success. I think I'm not saying that Cliff Kingsbury is the worst coach or just a flat out god awful coach. I don't think that he's creative because remember, he was pitched as this super creative college football offensive mind. Yeah. I think he's not the super brain wizard guy in the NFL. Like, he's good, but I don't think he's going to be great.
2: If Arizona plays well tonight against New Orleans and wins, does that change your opinion no. of them? New okay. Orleans is trash. Okay. New Orleans is who's, – who's playing for New Orleans? They're terrible. Uh, no, not Joe Horn. I
0: don't know.
1: I know. I mean, is Deuce McAllister yeah. starting tonight? Who knows? Coming up next, we'll talk Wolves, Christopher High, Minneapolis Star Tribune on The Lake Show.